I'm Monica Schmelter, and I'm glad that you could join me for Bridges today. Today, we're going to look into John chapter 16, where Jesus is having conversation with his disciples. And just to set the stage a little bit, in John 15, Jesus talks about some of the persecution, some of the things that the disciples will see, that they will experience. And those words still speak to us today, because as we look at our world and the changing landscape and climate of the way that people think, of our culture, of the way that even some Christians compromise their faith or believe that you can add or subtract to certain scriptures. And what Jesus is saying in that day, and still it applies today, is this is what you need to know. So I'm going to start off here in John 16, and we're just going to take a look at this really important conversation. Jesus says, I've told you these things so that you won't abandon your faith, for you will be expelled from the synagogues, And the time is coming when those who kill you will think that they're doing a holy service for God. This is because they've never known the Father or me. Yes, I am telling you these things now. So when they happen, you will remember my warning. I didn't tell you earlier because I was going to be with you a while longer. But now I am going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I told you. So think about what Jesus is saying here. What is going on in the lives and the hearts of the disciples and also of Jesus? They have been traveling together for three years. These disciples have seen the loaves and fishes multiplied. They've seen blind eyes open. They've seen lepers healed. They have seen Jesus raise the dead. They've seen Jesus be uh, persecuted by the Pharisees. They've seen all of that. And yet they left their fishing nets. They left what they were doing to follow him. So they have given up their lives for Jesus. And now Jesus is saying these things that, you know, we have the benefit of Genesis to Revelation. Uh, We have the whole written word of God. These disciples didn't have that. And Jesus is saying some things that would be really uh, disconcerting and that would be troubling, like I'm going away. You'll see me for a little bit and then you won't see me any longer. He's saying things like there's going to come a time that you are going to be expelled from the synagogues. And by the way, guys, people are going to think that they're doing a holy service for God. That has to be like eye opening and gut wrenching for these disciples, even though Jesus always talked about that he was going to have to give his life and shed his blood. That's been the thread. That's been the core of his entire ministry, his purpose on earth to seek and save the lost. And yet sometimes the exact details of that, the way that it's all coming to a head here as we're in these final weeks of Jesus' life, This is hard on the disciples, just like life on planet Earth is hard and challenging for us today. But Jesus, being the good shepherd, being our savior, is saying to them, look, guys, this is what you need to know. Things are bad and they're about to get worse. But 
I'm telling you this not to upset you. I'm telling you this because I don't want you to abandon your faith. I don't want you to be caught off guard. So you see that the heart of Jesus as the shepherd, as the savior is to prepare us. It's so that we don't get caught in unexpected. And you know how we are. The minute that a challenge happens or something bad happens, we all go into why mode. Why is this happening? Well, what am I supposed to learn out of all of this? And what Jesus is saying to them, this is what you need to know. And truth number one that I want to share with us today is don't let hardships cause you to lose your faith. He's speaking this to these disciples, these close followers of his that he knows they are very shortly all going to be scattered and go their own way. They are going to see the crux of darkness, the weight of sin be laid upon Jesus. They are going to see the political structure of the day, arrest Jesus. They are going to see these horrific atrocities to their savior, the one that they've loved, the one that they followed, the one that they left their nets behind. They're going to see him humbled, pummeled on a cross. And they, yeah, most of them are going to scatter and go their own way for a short time. And yet Jesus is working with them, knowing what's in them, knowing what's about to happen. And he's saying, this is what you need to know. Don't let hardships cause you to lose your faith. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And isn't that so much still the message of right now? The hardships that we see In this world at large, everything from the stock market to political unrest to talk about the virus, to talk about if the election was stolen or if it wasn't, you all, all of those things, any one of those things is enough to cause a person to be unsettled. But in combination with each other and in combination with the church, losing our reverence and losing our respect for God and losing our just that faith to say that whatever God says is right and whatever we think may feel or is wrong if it doesn't line up with God. Like people are watering that down. Messages are coming forth that, you know, kind of just, you know, we just want to kind of motivate people, just want everybody to feel good. Well, notice that Jesus wasn't talking here. This discussion 
this is what you need to know, was not a feel-good discussion. Now, it wasn't intended to pummel the disciples. It wasn't intended to, like, beat them into submission. It was an attempt and a desire to prepare them for what's about to come. So he's wanting them to know, don't let these hardships cause you to lose your faith. And today, that same message, don't let the hardships of today, don't let the fear that's in our world, don't let the compromise, don't let the well-known people who are deconstructing their faith and saying, well, you know, I never really believed that anyway, and now I'm at this new place, and it's all just glory and roses, and I just love everybody, and you can just do everything you want to do. We can all do whatever we want to do because we have a free will, but the point still is that all unrepented sin is going to be dealt with someday, and it is God our Father that is going to handle that. It's not going to be us, so we don't need to name call, we don't need to finger point, we don't need to gloat, we don't need to make fun, we don't need to judge. What we need to do is press in, lean into who God is, and honor and obey His Word. Do not let the hardships of this world cause you such upsetness and such distress that you question Jesus, the one who died to save our souls, the one who died to make us right. And this is what Jesus is imparting to his disciples, and it still speaks to us today. Jesus is telling them, guys, you're going to be jailed. You're going to be persecuted. We're going to see this crucifixion. We're going to see this resurrection. But don't. Don't let it rob you of what I've given you. And I say to you today and to myself today, we cannot afford to let all that God has done in us and for us be robbed by an unsettled economy and by political unrest. And by the way, we all need to be praying for our president. That's what scripture says. I know some of you are saying, yeah, but you know, the election was stolen. And so therefore, you know, I don't have to pray. There's nothing about that in the Bible. We're to pray for our president. So the next time that all those thoughts come on you about what you don't like, pray. Whenever all these thoughts come to me about not just, not, not just politics, but just the angst in the church, the compromise, I pray because it's outside of my control. There's nothing that I can do to change that. But what I can do is intercede and appeal to the creator of the universe to lead us, to guide us, to protect us. We were not made to be a part of this world. We are separate from this world. He has called us out. So we should not be expecting comfort and ease from the world. We get comfort from our comforter, the Holy Spirit. And we can't be all entrenched in the matters of the world and be comforted by the Holy Spirit at the same time. And so Jesus continues this conversation in John 16, and he says, you know, I have to go away, and it's going to be good for you disciples for me to go away. And God, he says, will convict the world of of their sin and, and righteousness is going to be available because I'm going to the Father, guys. And judgment will come because the rule of the world has already been judged. So he's laying out the truth. 
And so as much as all of us, of course, we read the Bible uh, so that the Bible, the, the knowledge, the truth of the Bible can inform our decisions, can inform our life. But when we read the Bible also, his truth is washing over us. It's the reminder of all that is to come and that we don't have to be fearful about any of this. It might not be pretty and it's not might not be easy. And I can tell you that it's not easy for me. I don't think that I ever imagined a time where what's wrong would be called right and that Christians would nod and smile about that. It's disconcerting. But yet, but yet, he still says, don't let hardships cause you to lose your faith. And in John 16, 12, he starts out, listen to this. There's so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he's heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the father is mine. And this is why I said the spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. So you think about this. All of these hard things, he says, there's more. I can't even tell you all that right now because you can't bear it. So think about the concern, the care, the compassion of our Savior to understand that these disciples are going through an awful lot. So he's going to withhold some because he's going to go to the Father and he's going to send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to speak truth and glorify Jesus by speaking the truth that Jesus speaks to the Holy Spirit. And that is going on even today. The Holy Spirit is bringing to us all things that we need to remember in the moment that we need them. The Holy Spirit is our guide, is our comforter, is our leader. And as we read the word, like even as we're doing this Bible study today, the work of the Holy Spirit is going forth to illuminate to you the word that you need to hear today, the word that you need to inform your decisions, to inform the way that you go. The Holy Spirit is the illuminator of God's word. So just pray even right now, Holy Spirit, open up my heart. Help me to hear what you're saying in this moment and in this time. And so Jesus goes on and he starts talking about in a little while, I'm not going to be with you. And so of course the disciples start to inquire with one another, well, what does he mean? What does he mean? Because that's what we do as people. We, we ask, what do they mean? So Jesus realizes you know, what they're talking about, what they're chatting about. And he says, are you kind of asking amongst yourself what I meant? And he says, you know, he says, I'm going to start speaking very plain to you. And he says, I'm going to tell you, you're going to weep and you're going to mourn over what's going to happen to me. But someday you will rejoice. And look what he says here down in verse 21. You will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. It will be like a woman suffering the pains of labor. When her child is born, her anguish gives way to joy because she's brought a new baby into the world. So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice and no one can rob you of that joy. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the father directly and he will grant your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name and you will receive 
and you will have abundant joy. Truth number two in today's lesson, this is what you need to know. Your sadness will be turned to joy. Now, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. This word still applies to us today. The Bible is clear in the book of Corinthians that the suffering, the trouble, the calamities, those things that are heartbreaking and gut-wrenching to us, it says they are momentary and they are light, and that all of those things are going to lift and nothing, absolutely nothing to be compared to the glory that is going to be revealed in those that love Christ. Now, I will tell you that I don't think some of the heartbreaking things I've been through have felt momentary or light. But as I pray, I say, God, you say this is momentary and this is light. Like this is hard for me. But in the scope of eternity, this is a blip on the screen. And so while I have to experience it and while I have to acknowledge it, I have to even more so live in the truth of his word that says, my sorrow will be turned to joy. And that's for you too. It's for anybody in Christ. Your sorrow will be turned to joy. All of this persecution, all of this angst. You all, there are followers of Christ in other countries who have been martyred for their faith for years and years and years. And you know what? The moment that they are absent from the body, they are present with the Lord and their sadness is turned to joy. We have so much to look forward to. Our sadness, those things that we carry around that weigh us down, what Jesus is saying here is this is what you need to know. That's life in a fallen world, planet Earth. There's gonna be some stuff that's gonna be heavy some of it, you, we just, that's why he doesn't tell us everything at once. We just couldn't handle it. Sometimes I think, I just want to know, like, what's going to be happening next year. I just want to know. And I remind myself, I can't handle it. I don't need to know. He tells me everything I need to know when I need to know it. And when I look at John 16, one of the overriding themes of that is Jesus saying, guys, this is what you need to know. Don't let hardships cause you to lose your faith. And all this sadness and all this pain, by the way, guys, your sadness is going to be turned to joy. So for all of you that are concerned about this world and you're concerned about your kids and your grandkids and your great grandkids, if you have them, and I'm concerned about all those things too, because I just think that we're living with a lot of people who don't have any moral compass, any moral code, you know, I grew up in an unchurched family, but I can tell you this. I was taught right was right and wrong was wrong. I was taught to be respectful to authority. Even when I talked back and I was lippy as a teenager, I knew that that was wrong. I knew it wasn't okay to do. I'm not sure that some children are even taught that. I think... Sometimes people just think, well, just say whatever you feel and whatever you think, and it's all okay. Guys, that's never okay. Imagine if we got out in traffic and everybody just drove the way they felt like driving. Well, I mean, sometimes they do that, and that's why we have accidents, right, and things that happen. There is a right and there is a wrong. And the Bible still says 
there's a narrow way and there's a wide way. The narrow way is his way. But all who walk on that narrow way will eat the bread of life. We will have eternal life. All of this sorrow is going to be turned to joy. And in verses 25 to 30, Jesus says, and I'm just summing it up. He says he's going to stop speaking figuratively and start speaking very plainly. And when he says that, the disciples say, well, now we believe. Now we believe you came from God. So just think about the things that we say to God and the things that we think. They've seen him uh, do all kinds of miracles. They've seen him uh, calm storms, speak to waves. (laughs) And finally, now that he speaks plain, oh, okay, now we believe you're from God. I I tell you all, it's so good for all of us that he's so patient and that he's so kind and that he loves us so unconditionally. So he goes on to explain, uh, you know, he's going to speak very plainly. And he said, and they say, okay, so now we believe. And in verse 31, he says, Jesus asked, do you finally believe? But the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when you will be scattered, each one going his own way, leaving me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. So truth number three today is Jesus has overcome the world. So think about that and repeat that. Jesus has overcome the world. Take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. All of this talk in our culture, all of this rage, all of this narrative, all of this political, the slander, the the fear, the lies, the deception, the darkness, all of that. Jesus has overcome the world. And if you name Christ as Savior, he dwells in your heart and life. The same spirit that raised him from the dead dwells in us and quickens our mortal body. This is no time for us to be living in the land of complaining and oh me, and it's all so awful. Yeah, it's awful, of course. Take heart, he's overcome the world. This world does not get the final say. This world does not get the last say. This world is completely wrong and his heart, the heart of Christ is still that none would perish apart from him. And so our prayer can always be, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for the lost to come to you. Put lost people in my path today, not so that I can tell them how awful they are, but so I can tell them what an awesome, steadfast, honorable Savior they have It's willing to call anybody unto themselves and forgive them and make them clean, cleanse them of all sin as if they have never sinned. Pray that. Instead of giving in to the unrest and the, oh, my goodness, what is happening? 
take heed to the words of Jesus. He says, this is what you need to know. Don't let hardships cause you to lose faith. Don't go just be discouraged all day. Stand up in the middle of whatever mess that you might be in or whatever mess you think this world is and declare the name of Jesus and declare the word of God and walk in the knowledge that your sadness will be turned to joy and that there's nothing this world can come up with. Like there is not a curveball that he can't catch. In fact, <laughs> he knows the curveball's even coming. We're caught off guard, but he is not. He is not up in heaven sitting at the right hand of the Father saying, well, what do you think we should do now? Like, that's not happening. Jesus has overcome the world. And I don't know, and you don't know, when he's coming back for us. We don't know. It seems like we must be in the last days, but, you know, it could be hundreds of years from now. We don't know. That's just what people have been saying that forever. But what we do know is he says, but take heart because I have overcome the world. So he's told us all of these hard things in this John chapter 16. He's told us all these hard things. But the point wasn't to pummel us. The point wasn't for us to be discouraged and like, oh man, this is awful. All these bad things are happening. No, what is he? He concludes the conversation with take heart. I've overcome the world. So as you're at your desk at work today or in your living room or listening to the podcast by audio, take heart, he's overcome the world. We will put the scriptures and the points that I've talked today up on the website. It's monicashmelter.com so that you can study more thoroughly. The idea behind doing the Bible study was just to go chapter by chapter, study truth in context so that we can build ourselves up in this most holy faith. Because if he says that we're more than conquerors and that in everything that we have overwhelming victory, if he says, if he is for us and who can be against us, you all, then that's just the truth. Take heart. He's overcome the world. So look around you at your life internally by the power of the Holy Spirit and the situations externally that are around you and begin to really think about Hmm, this is what I need to know. I need to know that I'm not to be discouraged and lose my faith because of these hardships. I need to know that my sadness, this present sadness, this momentary light affliction is going to be turned to joy someday. And I need to live like I really firmly, truly believe that I can take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. We have so much to look forward to. So study his word, because this is what we need to know. We need to know God's word in context, in fullness, and in truth. We don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. So I encourage you with today's truth, take heart, take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. I'm out of time, but I say goodbye and God bless you.
Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast, to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on the Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. 